Thank you, City Campus. It's great to be here. Um, if you didn't look at, see this guy already, it's hard to miss. This is my bodyguard, Christian. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, Christian's an awesome young man in our Botany Campus, and he has a heart to preach the Word of God and to grow in ministry. He's a massive part of a lot of the ministries and things that happen at Botany, and so everywhere I go to preach, he's like, can I come with you? So uh, amazing servant heart. Um, wants to, you know, you know, look after me, make sure things are good, but also just learn and grow. And so it's just a blessing to have you with us, Christian. You're a legend, and I'm just stoked to have. How good is it with young, you know, young men and young women of God who are like, man, I just want to get around the church and I want to learn, I want to grow, and uh, I want to get into all that God has for me. So it's just, just awesome. Great to be here with you guys at the city campus. It's been probably a year since. Hey, Rohan, it's been probably a year. Uh, hey, Rishi, you guys still married? It's good. Um, if he's not treating you right, you got to tell me. Uh, it's been about a year since I was here last, so it's great to be here. If you guys, if I've never met you before, I'd love to meet you after the service. Uh, just a joy to be able to be here. Welcome to any guests and visitors who are with us. Also, you guys are amazing, and just thank you for coming out and joining, uh, joining us for the Sunday. I want to just let you know, uh, um, like, uh, if you're new to me, um, I'm wearing a hat in church, yes, and I'm preaching in a hat in church, yes, there's a reason for that, and I'm sitting on a stool preaching, there's a reason, I actually have a balance disorder, and so uh, what happens from time to time is I can feel a little bit like spun out and a bit dizzy, and um, so wearing a hat takes away light stimulation, which helps me to stay a little bit measured, sitting on a stool also helps me, I've got a new one which has got like a back on it, so if I'm really wobbly I can just be like this, you know, I can just chill, um, and, and this morning I woke up and I had vertigo this morning, which is, I haven't had it for a long time, so um, just pray for me, but we're going to see where God takes us. We're going to have a good time. If I start to slow down a little bit or if I start to just take a few moments, you know what's up. I'm just having a little, uh, Stevie's having a moment. And uh, so I appreciate that. As the video said, that a really handsome guy in the video, as he said, um, we're getting, beginning this eight-week series called Blessed, looking at the Beatitudes, this first sermon Jesus preached, Sermon on the Mount. And there's these amazing like kingdom values, statements that he makes around blessing. And I, and I think like, when we think of blessing, we look at what the world would say is blessed, and we think money and power and wealth and influence and stature and all these things. But like, according to the kingdom, there is a very different thing that God calls blessed. And so my heart is that we would all go on a journey to discover and align our lives to the kingdom values that God calls us to live by and the way we can truly discover what blessing really is. So go with me to Matthew chapter 5. If you've got your Bible, grab it. If you've got a phone with the notes on it, you can grab it out as well. Um, it may come up on the screen. I think it will. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, it says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So today we're looking at the first part. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's a really odd opening line to say blessed are the poor in spirit, to equate spiritual poverty or poverty with blessing. And like, listen, I don't know what Pastor Shane's um, pastoral care style is, but if someone came to me and said, Steve, I've lost everything, I've lost all my money, my possessions, my house, I'm absolutely ruined, I wouldn't look at them and say, oh, what a blessing. 
well, how blessed you are to be poor. It's just kind of not the, what we would equate to it. And often when we read the Beatitudes, we can sort of read them in a negative context, in a negative light. But this is his opening line, blessed are the poor in spirit, for the inheritance of those who are poor in spirit is the kingdom of heaven. So the question is, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? What does it mean to live a life that is poor in spirit? Let's unpack it just a little bit. To be poor in spirit is to acknowledge and realize your own spiritual lack. It's to realize that you have nothing to offer a holy and almighty God. It's this posture that realizes on my own, I am not righteous. On my own, I'm not perfect. On my own, I am spiritually speaking, utterly spiritually bankrupt. I'm sinful, I'm lost, and I am in need of a savior. It's an acknowledgement of my own lack and my need for God. In order to understand it better, we could look at the opposite of it. The opposite of being uh, poor in spirit would be to be proud in spirit. I'm proud in spirit, like I've got this. And one scholar put it like this, the man who believes he does not need God is proud of spirit. He is not blessed by God, nor is he part of God's kingdom. So a humble spirit, or a, to be poor in spirit, is not a negative thing, it's a phenomenal positive. It's an absolute positive, and it's the setup and the foundation for God's incredible blessing in your life. So when you see the words, blessed are the poor in spirit, it is a, is a tremendously positive a thing to say, because if we are honest with ourselves, we are all poor in spirit, therefore we are blessed, therefore our inheritance is the kingdom of heaven. But what does it look like to live spiritually poor? What does it look like to be poor in spirit? I've got a couple of quick thoughts for you, and then you would have received communion as you came, and we're going to receive this together in just a few moments, so hold on to that. The first thing is this, if we are going to uh, know what it is to be blessed and be poor in spirit, we've got to understand this. Number one, everything I have is from God. Everything. I have two children. One is 13, one is 10, Judah and Rocky. The other day, my son Rocky was eating a packet, like a, a tube of Pringles chips. You know Pringles chips? Once you pop, you can't stop. And they're delicious, those things. Not real potato, some kind of potato puree that is put into molds and made to look like potato chips. If you ever wondered, are they flammable? Highly. You can light them on fire. They will hold a flame. Utterly disastrous for your body, but delicious. So my son is eating a tube of Pringles, and I said, buddy, can I have a chip? And he says, no, they're mine. I was like, your chips, are they? Your chips? Oh, that's really interesting. What did you use to buy those chips? Oh, that's right. It was my money that bought those chips. Your, your chips? No, 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 friend, those are my chips. And you see the clothes that you're wearing? My clothes. That water you showered in? My water. That bed you sleep in? My bed. This house, my house. I paid for it. Everything you have is because I gave it to you. He still didn't give me a chip. The person who is poor in spirit realizes that everything I have comes from God. The very air I breathe is from God. There's a, there's a wonderful like traditional Jewish morning prayer that goes like this. It says, thank you, God, for the rest you've given me through the night and for the breath that renews my body and spirit. I love to pray a very similar prayer every single morning. I just say, God, I thank you for the rest 
I had last night. And I thank you for the breath that fills my lungs and for, the, for another day ahead with you. My ability to work, my family, my job, my life, everything I have is because God has chosen to create me and to give it to me. I once saw a guy who had um, on his knuckles tattooed the words self-made self-made, like I'm a self-made man. And I thought, the very knuckles that you tattooed that on, you didn't make. I'm self-made. No, you're not. You're really not. Like the body you have, the life you have, it's because a creator God chose to give it to you. And it doesn't matter if you're a 10th generational Christian or if you, are, you got saved yesterday, you've been walking with Jesus for 90 years or you've been walking with Jesus for 90 seconds. The same is true for all of us, but by the grace of God go I. Everything I have is from God. He's the source of it all. I can't boast in anything. Everything I have is because there's a God who loves me and made me. Here's, here's a prayer for the poor in spirit. I wonder if this is on the screen. I don't know if it is or not. Maybe not. The poor in spirit says this, God, and, and you can pray this. Maybe you want to pray this in your own time. Maybe pray this this week. Maybe each day this week, pray this prayer. God, thank you for the life you've given to me. I acknowledge that everything I, everything I have and everything I am is from you, for I am poor in spirit. And that is a blessed posture. That is a, that is a posture that sets you up for the blessing of God in your life. And I'll explain why and how in a few moments. The second thing is this. We have to understand to be poor in spirit that number two, I can't save myself. I can't save my, myself. The poor in spirit realize they cannot save themselves. We have really good friends of ours, and they have a swimming pool. So, you know, um, it's a great idea to have friends with swimming pools because then you don't have to have any of the maintenance cost, but you get all the privilege of swimming in their pool, especially when they go on holiday. So uh, we've got these friends who've got a pool, and they've got young kids. We've got young kids, and uh, we were there in summer, and we were swimming, and floating in the pool was a little, like, kid's floaty ring, a little floaty ring, but not one for a grown-up, one for a child. You know, one that you put a child in, they just float around. It was a little mermaid one. Ariel just swimming around on there, like little mermaid, little donut ring. And I was standing on the edge of the pool, and I thought to myself, I reckon I could dive through that. Like, I reckon I, reckon I could, like, dive off and go through the donut. I was, like, I was pretty confident. I, was, I had a lot of sun cream on, so I was like, there's enough lubrication. Like, we're going we're gonna, to gonna get through the donut. And, and so I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try and dive through this kid's floaty ring. So I dive in and I get halfway through the ring, and the ring gets lodged un just under my armpits. So, and it is proper stuck, like stuck like I've never been stuck in anything in my life. So I pop up, and my arms are like this, and I'm like, and, and I'm like, oh no, I, and I'm trying to wriggle it, and my arms are stuck in the air. I cannot get this child's floaty ring off my body. I'm thinking, I'm going to have to burst this thing. I was trying to like flex it. It wouldn't pop. And I'm like, I'm like, help, help, help somebody. All the children are laughing, just laughing hysterically at me. I, like I'm a, I'm a 40 year old bald man stuck in a child's Ariel little mermaid swimming ring looking like an absolute muppet. All the adults, you know what they do? They get their phones out. So there, there, there is now documented evidence of my stupidity. And I'm stuck there, and I cannot help myself. I, everyone's laughing at me. I can't move. I'm a grown man. I'm a crossfitter. I'm a man of God. But I am stuck, and I cannot save myself. 
I needed somebody to come and help me and rescue me in that moment. Friends, to be poor in spirit is to realize that you cannot save yourself. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's standard, and there's nothing I can do, and there's nothing you can do to fix you on your own. You can't enter the kingdom of heaven on your own merit. You cannot save yourself. The, the entrance to the kingdom of heaven to partake in that blessing is not something that you can create for yourself. I have nothing to offer a holy and almighty God in my sinful state. My, your good works, they're not going to save you. I do a whole bunch of good stuff. It's not going to save you. Your, your religious service won't save you. But I serve in church. means nothing. It means nothing. It won't save you. Sacrificial giving won't save you. Family heritage won't save you. But I come from five generations of Christians. That won't save you. Trying to balance the scales to outweigh the bad in your life by doing more good, that won't save you. But, but, I, but Steve, I do more good. I know I've done bad, but I do more good. It's not going to save you. Trying to just be better than someone else is not going to save you. You know, we often do that. Like, I know I'm bad, but I'm not as bad as that guy. You know what I mean? It's like, I know I've sinned, but at least I didn't kill anyone. I, I know I've sinned, but I'm, I'm not as bad as Hitler. Like, like, I'm just, we start comparing ourselves to things. Like, it's like we were, you know, the other day we had that lightning storm in Auckland just like a few days ago. My wife and I were outside when that started kicking off, and she was freaking out. You know what I said to her? I, just, I crouched down real low. I said, you don't have to be the shortest. You've just got to be lower than the tallest. And, and so then she's freaking out because I'm like really low. She's like, no, no, you have to be higher than me. And it's like, you know, people say, you know, to outrun a lion, like to not be caught by a lion. You don't have to be the fastest. You just got to be faster than the slowest. That's all you got to be. <laughs> it's really sad. You guys got that then, okay. But it doesn't work. Saying I'm not as bad as the next person, comparing yourself, it's not going to save you. If you want the king in, kingdom of heaven, both now and in eternity, its entry point is to realize that I am poor in spirit and I need Jesus, not myself. I need Jesus, not myself. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Band, you guys can come and join. We're going to wrap this up soon and we're going to have communion. But I want to say this. Here's a prayer for the poor in spirit. Maybe you want to pray this as well somewhere through the week. God, I thank you for Jesus. I acknowledge that I can't save myself. So today, I trust in your saving grace, for I am poor in spirit. Here's the blessing that comes when you're poor in spirit. So being poor in spirit is acknowledging I have nothing spiritually to offer. I'm spiritually bankrupt. I can't save myself. And so I need God. I need Jesus. And so here's the blessing that comes. What you receive, the blessing you receive for being poor in spirit is this, grace. Grace, Ephesians 2, grace, grace, grace. You didn't earn it, you didn't work for it, it's grace. You receive forgiveness, John, uh, 1 John 1, 9, you receive forgiveness for your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. When you are poor in spirit, you receive supernatural supply, Philippians 4.19. When you're poor in spirit, you receive anointing, 1 John 2. When you're poor in spirit, you receive favor, Psalm 90. When you're poor in spirit, you receive purpose, Romans 8. When you are poor in spirit, you receive everlasting life, John 3.16. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I thought it would be really um, appropriate today to kind of take a moment together as a church just to have communion together. Because communion for us is that great reminder that it's not about us, that in fact we are poor in spirit. Now, if you came in through the doors, you might have received the little communion um, cup with some wafer on it. If you didn't receive one, there is a team um, who've got them on some trays. They're going to wander around, and if you need one, just give them a little wave, and they'll bring it over to you. Thank you, guys. You're amazing. Now, listen, here's a, here's a little bit of advice. Peel it carefully if you're wearing white. I know from experience. There's two layers. The first one, you'll get the little wafer, and the second one will reveal the juice. So communion is this powerful moment and this powerful expression of the people of God, the church, the family of God, coming back to the point that we are poor in spirit and we need a Savior. And it's acknowledging and recognizing that Jesus was the one that paid our debt of sin and that by His righteousness, we are made righteous. By His sacrifice, we receive the gift of eternal life. It's amazing that His blood was shed for you and me and His body was broken for you and for me. Why? Because we are the ones who are poor in spirit. And so we get this amazing blessing of partaking in and receiving what He did for us on that cross, that we would be blessed because of Him. He was cursed so we could be a blessing. His body was broken so we could be made whole. His blood was shed so ours wouldn't have to be for the debt of our sin, that we could be made right with God. Amazing, beautiful, blessed are the poor in spirit. Let me pray and then let's eat and drink together. Father, we thank You for the amazing grace that You have for us. We thank You for the gift of the cross and Jesus your endurance of it, your body broken and your blood shed. And so today, Lord, we come as a church and as a people who say we are poor in spirit. On our own and in our own merit, we are utterly spiritually bankrupt. We have nothing to offer. We are dead and lost in our sin. So we come back today to the cross, to your broken body and your shed blood that was poured out for us that we would receive the gift of grace and eternal life, forgiveness, wholeness, and blessing abundant. And so we honor you and we thank you. We receive again, we remember again today all that you've done for us. In your name we pray. Friends, let's eat and drink together. Just as you've done that, I wonder if you could just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Just in prayer, I want to actually pray those two prayers again. And I want, as I pray them, that you would in your heart join with me with them. You don't have, don't, don't, don't pray it out loud with me. Just, just as I pray it, 
I want you almost to join with me in your heart praying this prayer as well. Just after we've taken communion. God, thank you for the life you've given me. I acknowledge that everything I have and everything I am is from you, for I am poor in spirit. And God, I thank you for Jesus. I acknowledge that I can't save myself. So today, I trust in your saving grace, for I am poor in spirit. Just while your eyes closed and head bowed, I wanna pray for you today. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, maybe you have never said yes to Him. Maybe you have never experienced His saving grace, His forgiveness for your sin. What I find really fascinating is the very first line of the very first sermon that Jesus ever preached was this was to point out our lack and our need for Him. Like the very first line of the very first sermon that Jesus preaches is, you need me. You need me. There's a problem and Jesus is the solution. The truth is, this, friends, that God loves you, God made you, God has a wonderful plan for your life. We all sin, we all mess up, we all fall short of God's standard and our sin, it separates us from God. And the payment that's due for our sin is death. But God in His grace sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He paid the debt that you and I would do for our sin. Then He conquered death in the grave and He rose again to new life. And He extends today to you His free gift of grace, forgiveness for all of your wrongs, your guilt, your shame, your debt paid, paid in full. You get to walk into the plans that God has for your life. God has a plan and a purpose for you, friend. And then there's this wonderful promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And if you're here today and your life is not right with God, but you want to get right with Him today, you want to start that journey, you're acknowledging today, man, I'm poor in spirit and I need Jesus. Friends, I'd love to lead you in a very simple prayer. It's a prayer of surrender. Surrendering your life into the hands of God, trusting Him and trusting that He will give to you His free gift of grace. It's there available for you. I'm gonna pray this prayer and I'll pray it out loud. If you wanna join with me, you wanna get your life right with God, you can pray it with me, but you pray it in your heart. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray it with me in your heart, but when you pray it, I want you to mean it with everything you've got. Maybe you've never prayed this before, or maybe you have before, but you're far from God today and you need to get right with Him. This is your prayer. Are you ready? Just say in your heart these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to You. I know I've sinned, I know I've messed up, but I believe Jesus, You died for me. So right now, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. I turn from that old way and I turn now to you. I ask you to come in and be the Lord of my life. Make me brand new today. I choose from this moment to follow after you and to live for you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and every head bowed. If you prayed that prayer, we're really proud of you. And what I'd love for you to do is take one more little step. It's one step of faith. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna count to three. And if you prayed that prayer either for the very first time or you're getting your life right with God today, I want you right where you are to put your hand up nice and high when I get to three. I'm not doing that to stand you up or anything like that. All I'll do is I'll see you, acknowledge you, you can put your hand straight back down. This is a little step of faith. I'm wanting you to put a little bit of action to the decision you made. Are you ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Hands going up nice and high right now saying, Steve, that's me. Count me in. I prayed that prayer. I wanna start this walk with Jesus. I wanna get my life right with Him today. 
amazing. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for the work you're doing in this place. And Lord, I pray you bless us, Lord. Lord, all those who are responding, all those who are taking a step towards you today, I pray bless them, O God, that they would know your full, free, and abundant life. Lord, I pray upon this church, I pray, pray upon this campus and each one of us, Lord, may we walk out with that incredibly blessed posture of knowing that we are poor in spirit, but ours is the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.